0: Hello and welcome to Foundation Stones from Refuge City Church. Having a solid foundation for our walk with Jesus Christ is vital for every Christian, especially in the times we live in. Through God's Word, candid conversations, and everyday application, the aim is to help you build your foundation so you can stand strong for God every day. Buckle in and prepare your heart. Pray this, God, ready my heart for your truth that I might be more like you. We hope today's episode empowers you to grow in your walk with Jesus. Let's dive in. Hey there, everyone. This is Jim. I am your host for Foundation Stones. I'm the worship and the administrative pastor at Refuge City Church, and I'm with you again for a teaching, today's topic being truth and love. Truth and love. I want to take our text today from 2 John, and we're going to look at verse 3. It says, Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. The Apostle John is speaking to us in one very short book here. Second John is only one chapter long, and verse 3 is part of his greeting. And he's giving us some profound truths here, even as he's greeting the people he's writing to. He says, grace, mercy, and peace will be with us. And then there's a comma, and it says, in truth and love. So let me read it again with that context. You'll see what I mean. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us, comma, from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son, comma, in truth and love. Let me take today's episode to explain why that is so important and want to open up with these thoughts. You know, for some reason, humanity, even us Christians, we tend to operate on the fringes sometimes, you know, often leaning toward one extreme or another in life, depending on circumstances we're going through. Maybe it's a yo-yo diet or an out-of-control spending habit, times of great discipline followed by times of loose living or extreme political angst, or church-hopping, or vacillating doctrines and belief about God and the Word. And this seems to keep us in a constant state of insecurity, a constant state of flux. Depending on the situation we're in, we can find ourselves being knocked around with inconsistent and unpredictable behavior and responses to life. And not only is this teeter-totter lifestyle difficult to find our own footing in, but those around us don't know what to expect from our lives either. We might not see these extremes in ourselves, but if we ask someone else close to us in our life, we might find that we writhe around more often than we'd like to admit. The Apostle Paul described it this way in Ephesians 4.11. He said it was immaturity. He said it was childishness. When Christians are like this, we're like children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. We'll get to that scripture in just a moment. And I want you to know today that the whole idea of foundation stones is to make sure that we're standing on a solid foundation. When the wind and waves of the world and our family dynamics and even stuff that happens in the church blows around us, we stay solid and balanced. It's like that playground seesaw, that teeter-totter, but it's balanced in the middle between truth and love. You know, if you're anything like me, sometimes you'll notice such terrible things in the world. Injustices, heresies, fallacies, darkness in nations and culture, and we can jump so quickly onto the bandwagon of truth at all costs to the expense of love. We become a truth bulldog that hammers anyone who doesn't think like we do. We can weaponize the Bible and repel people away from God, the church, the Bible, because of our determined stand for the truth. And while we might be right, it's in these moments that we're actually using truth to push people away from the truth. It's because there's no love. But there's also a risk with love, too. You see, authentic love is how we reveal God to a hurting world. But love without truth becomes permissive and misunderstood as well. We can become so squishy and wishy-washy, longing to appeal to people's value and share God's heart of love with them, that we'll shy away from speaking truth for fear of hurting someone. We won't confront sin and this too is an extreme. We've permitted ourselves to get out of balance again, this time on the side of permission and enablement. And I want you to know today, especially looking at today's scripture, that God always works in balance. The Bible calls us to a standard of truth and love, not truth at the expense of love and not love at the expense of truth. We're called to a balance of the two. Let's look at our scripture again, 2 John verse 3. It says, "Grace." Mercy and peace will be with us, from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son, in truth and love. So when we spend time with God, we'll always be confronted with these two pillars that are set on our foundation. As men and women of God, we must acknowledge and set in the standard of truth and love, because God expects both. This is how we represent him to a hurting world. This is how Jesus operated on earth, and we are called to live just like him. In fact, as we grow in Christ, we should be confronted with both of these pillars regularly. Knowing that there's a human propensity to head toward one extreme or another, Paul the apostle he told us that God has set up ministry, those men and women called to the fivefold ministry to make sure the body of Christ, the church remains solid and steadfast, and he was adamant that we were not to be tossed around by every wind and wave and every extreme of doctrine. We're to be equipped in God's truth and love. Like I told you a moment ago, we're getting to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at verse 11, and we're going to go several verses here to see what I'm trying to explain to you straight from the words of the Apostle Paul out of the book of Ephesians, the scripture that we hold so dear. It says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So, as a race, humans are easily distractible. Would you agree? And it's our distraction that causes us to remain immature. How does this look in our Christianity? Though the examples could be as diverse as the people that embody them, a few things I've noticed that the church in particular is susceptible to in our day and age could be these. Maybe it's this. Maybe, maybe it's someone getting bored with the gospel message, so we complain against our pastors and teachers and look for some new nugget that's deep and revelatory and appeals to our truth button. Maybe it's from the next greatest pastor who is doing things a little deeper than the one that we've been under. Sometimes as people, we jump on fads and bandwagons that happen in the church. Maybe it's the latest political activism or the latest end times prophetic voice. Maybe it's an extreme and a spiritual gift of some kind. Or maybe it's this, maybe it's getting offended at truth and those who proclaim it. So we leave one church for another trying to find something that's not so hard to digest. Or maybe it's being distracted by the personalities of the leaders, their fame, their fortune, and either being pulled toward one in an unnatural infatuation with them or being repelled by them because we don't like their personality. And this causes church hopping based on the personality of the pastor instead of finding out where God has called us and staying rooted there on assignment from God rather than based on our personal preferences. And to be transparent, all of these I've dealt with at different times in my own life. Have you dealt with any of these in yours? Paul says that if I'm not balanced in truth and love, I'll be tossed around like I'm caught in a wild storm at sea. And there's been times that I felt tossed back and forth by all of the things going on in the world. There's extremes in truth and there's extremes in love. There's extremes in teaching, there's extremes in this, and there's extremes in that, and God is telling me all along that he wants me to be in truth and love. Because that tempest that we're trying to traverse doesn't sound like solid footing to me. It sounds like something is missing in my foundation. I need truth and love. So let's look at our scripture again. Second <laughs> John, verse 3. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. So, notice what is with us grace, mercy, and peace. So, I don't know about you, but I want those things in my life. But don't miss the continuation of the sentence. These things are from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, but they're from God in truth and love. They're in truth and love. That's where you get them. Truth and love are the keys to grace, mercy, and peace. Without both truth and love, we will have a hard time walking in grace, mercy, and peace. Let me explain. Today, let's break down each word to find out what we need to be having built into our lives, into our foundation stone. The first thing he says is grace is available to us. Grace is the Greek word charis, and it means goodwill, loving kindness, or favor. And of course it means from God, but it also means favor from others. That's the context of this Greek word grace in this verse. And you see, the funny thing about grace is that we really want people to give us grace. We really are grateful that God gave us grace. But in our human nature, our struggle is to actually give grace. And we also can unfortunately tend to understand grace as permission to live loose with our lives, thinking that it means God doesn't have a standard for us to live by. But consider this verse of instruction in the book of Titus. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 through 14. It says this, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. I love that verse. It's powerful. But look what it continues with after the comma in verse 12. It says, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own own possession who are zealous for good works. So listen, grace in its purest form, operating at its fullest authority, is the power to live like God has called us to live. According to this verse, grace is the empowerment to say no to the world standard of sin and loose living and yes to heavenly living called for in the Bible. Look what it says. It says it teaches us, it trains us to renounce ungodliness. That's what grace does. Grace calls us to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. And with this is the extension of God's standard to those around us. Do you see where truth and love are happening in conjunction here? It's powerful. Grace in its purest form will always be connected with truth, accountability, and growth in Christ. And this grace we receive is the same grace we are then to give to others at whatever stage of growth in Christ they might be in. And so we see grace available to us first, but then next it says that we need mercy. Grace, and then mercy. Mercy is the Greek word alios, and it means kindness or goodwill toward the afflicted joined with a desire to relieve them. You see, we want God's grace, and we need to give God's grace. And now we receive God's mercy. You see, we know we've been afflicted in this world of sin. We know we need God to grant us a stay. 1 Peter 2, verse 9, it says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. So we have to watch this. Jesus told us what we have been given freely, we are then to freely give away. We didn't deserve God to hold back the judgment of our evil behavior. But he did when we received Christ as our Lord and Savior. And so if we're not balanced, if we don't have truth and love, we'll give away truth without love or... We'll give away love without truth. I love what Jesus says in Matthew 10, verse 8. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. In other words, he's saying you received God's favor. You received the favor from men around you. And you received God's mercy. And you're receiving mercy from those around you. So since you received these things without paying, give them away without payment. So we've received grace, which is God's favor. He wants us to give it away. We've received mercy, which is his kindness toward us to free us from affliction, which we're then to give away. And now, 2 John 3 says that we have peace. Peace. So, really, can we have peace when the world around us is in chaos? Can we really have peace when there's turmoil in politics, wars in the countries all around, and difficulty in our economy and fighting between even brothers and sisters in the church around us? Yes. <laughs> yes, in fact, we should have peace. The absence of peace means that the Lord is not centerpiece in our life. We shouldn't feel guilty to have peace when the pot is boiling around us. The peace of God is what guards and protects us in the turmoil. And it's what reveals to the world that the God we proclaim is still present in the middle of the cauldron. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So friend, consider, peace is available when we have a healthy heart that's balanced on God's character. Remember, we have grace, mercy, and peace. <laughs> and peace, the peace that comes from God, our Heavenly Father, and it's when we have these two attributes according to 2 John verse 3, truth and love. Let me read it again. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. So we've gotten to the point of today's podcast with Foundation Stones, truth and love. So we have been given grace, mercy, and peace because of truth and love. Let's look at truth. Truth is the Greek word aletheia, and it is defined as the truth of Christ respecting God and the execution of his purposes through Christ. And by very nature, what this means is that it's opposed to superstitions, inventions, corrupt opinions, and precepts of false teachers. It's giving a testimony in favor of God's truth, exemplifying truth in our lifestyle. That's the Greek definition used in 2 John 3, right here in our verse. The definition that we just read, it carries some pretty profound weight. Not only is God's truth something we know intellectually, but it's also something that stands in opposition to falsehood and causes us to live our lives with integrity. To know the truth and not live the truth is to operate in compromise. Truth becomes an action of our lifestyle, not just an exercise of our intellect. Truth is manifested in how we live. Our lives, how our speech comes out of our mouth, how our actions are towards the people around us. Let's see what Jesus has to say about this in John chapter 8. We're going to look at verse 31 and 32. It says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Hmm, That's interesting. So when we have truth, truth. Sets us free. What does that mean? So Jesus is declaring to us that it's the Word of God. It's God's truth that establishes what is right. And God's Word is not simply ink on a page. This is so powerful. You have to grab this. God's Word. Is Jesus personified in our lives? Because Jesus is the word. So when we get to know the word and we get to know the truth, we're not just getting to know intellectual things in our mind. We're actually getting to know Jesus himself. John chapter 1 verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, what is this saying? It's saying that Jesus is the Word and Jesus is God. When we know the Word, when we know the truth, we will be set free. So, when we know Jesus, we know truth. And also, when we know Jesus, we know love. Love. The Apostle Paul said to the Roman church in Romans 8, verse 38 and 39, he says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So question, how does love balance truth? Because truth is truth no matter what our heart condition is, but our heart condition can taint how truth Is received. So listen, the love of God reveals the heart behind the statements of truth that are needed in order to be free. Many times we don't recognize the door to freedom for what it is because it can be understood as a blockade to our desires. Sometimes truth stands in the way of what our flesh wants, right? But when we understand that God is our Heavenly Father, who is leading us in triumph and victory so we can spend eternity with God as our eternal reward, it becomes clear that God's truth is the key to our eternal destination, and it's God's love that illuminates the doorway. The reason God does not want us to be out of balance with truth and love is because true revelation from the Father regarding his truth is saturated with his love. God is love. We have to have both truth and love. This is what fulfills the two greatest commandments. Jesus was cornered by a lawyer that was excellent in Jewish law. What is the greatest commandment? Verse 37 of Matthew 22, And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So get this, without the love of God, truth falls flat. It's not received. But the balance of truth and love, which releases grace, mercy, and peace, is what a sick world needs in order to see the full character and love of God. So here's a challenge for us today. If you hedge toward truth only at the expense of love, you'll repel people. You'll be speaking a lot of truth, but you'll many times find yourself alone. You'll find you bounce around a lot. You'll go from relationship to relationship, church to church, forming coalitions with people who agree with you, but finding sharp separations whenever disagreements arise. Truth, absent of love, morphs into dogma and a religious spirit, and pretty soon the fruit of the kingdom is hard to find. However, Love, at the expense of truth, can manifest into wishy-washy permissiveness that sends a message to the world that there's no accountability or standard from God. Conviction and authority from God are seen as old school and even barbaric. We can misunderstand God's standard, make excuses for sin, and send the message that a good God couldn't possibly allow people to go to hell. We can reject conviction and preaching, thinking the pastor or speaker is too laws and works oriented, too many do's and don'ts. We could look for what we perceive as kinder teaching that can possibly morph into looking for a teacher who will tickle our ears. We've misunderstood the truth of love. We've got to have truth and love working in conjunction. Truth and love then will bring, according to 2 John 3, grace, mercy, and peace. And oh, we need a balance of all of these things in our life every single day? How do we make sure that both truth and love are getting into our heart? Listen, these are some things that I try to implement in my life. I'm not perfect at it, but these are things that I really wanna give you today. Spend time in prayer every day to maintain your relationship of love with God. Knowing God personally causes us to know his love, so you'll grow in truth and you'll grow in love. Listen, spend time in God's word every day to maintain your understanding of and your conviction in his truth. I think that it's important that we read our Bible out loud many times because faith comes by hearing. So truth is established, but we also get to know his heart. And I want to encourage you with this. Recognize if you're on a teeter-totter. If you're in an extreme, check your heart. If you're on a tangent, check your heart. If you're easily irritated and offended at people who don't see things exactly like you do, check your heart. If you're getting offended at the spoken word from a pulpit, check your heart. If you find that you've bounced churches, Bible studies, relationships, and there's been drama in relationships all around, check your heart. There's a common denominator in all of these situations you've gone through. (laughs) It's you. Are you balanced in truth and love? The way you can tell if you're balanced, according to 2 John 3, is that you will manifest in your life grace, mercy, and peace. So friend, do an audit today. Do you have grace, mercy, and peace that are working there because of truth and love? That's what 2 John verse 3 is all about. And my hope for you is that in your balance, you will produce great fruit for the kingdom of God, that people will respond to the truth because it's given in love, and the balance of the presence of Jesus manifesting in your life will change the atmosphere around you and reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our call. So I encourage you, get off the teeter-totter, get balanced, get focused on Jesus, and make sure in your life that you have truth and love in full operation. These are pillars on our foundation stone. Have an amazing day, everyone. I love you so much. Talk to you later. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Join us next time for another deep dive into the foundation stones of our faith in Jesus Christ. For more information about Refuge City Church or to join our giving team to keep the gospel of Jesus Christ moving forward and making resources like this podcast available into the future, visit refugecity.church.